Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Hey, this is Annie. And Samantha. And welcome to Stefo Never Told You, a production of iHeartRadio. And it is time for another female first, which means we are once again joined by the fabulous, delightful Eves. Welcome, Eves. Hello. Hey. Yes. Hey, y'all. This is our first recording of 2023. That's exciting. Yes. Yes, it is. <laughs> I'm excited for this one. Uh, last time we spoke, we were talking about how we hoped New Year's would go, how we hoped it would be. Uh, how has your kind of New Year's been, Eves? How did it go? So far, and we're just a couple weeks in, but <laughs> I am liking it so far. Um, like, I, there have been many ups and downs, as there <laughs> often are um, mm-hmm. throughout the rest of the year as well. But I'm having fun, you know, I'm having fun. I feel optimistic, which I think is a good thing at the beginning of the year. But I'm also like still like it's the beginning of things, but also the middle of things and the end of other things. So it's like, it's just a continuation, you know? So I think there are a lot of things that I'm looking forward to for the rest of the year, but also things that I'm in progress on that feels good. And I think I'm in a good mind state, which I think is the most important part. Yeah. (laughs) Because like all of those fluctuations, you know, all of those things, the ups and the downs, like trying to find a middle in the middle of them. And I think that I am doing a fairly good job at using the tools that I have to stay in that middle way. So I'm feeling I'm feeling good about it. Nice. It's a good place. Yeah. Yeah, it is. Uh, we were talking about it before and uh, how it <laughs> the kind of like new year, oh, I'm going to change all this stuff about me is just not very realistic for a lot of reasons. Um, and very stressful. Uh, I will say, you know, one thing, I didn't have the new year I really wanted in the way that I wanted. I did get to stay by myself, which was like my goal. <laughs> mm-hmm. But it wasn't the relaxing thing I wanted because I don't, 
There were just a lot of things going on that I was in the middle of, and that it's not like they stopped. But, you know, if a small victory is I really adapted quickly to writing the new year. I haven't had an issue with it. So I will take Mm. that as a win. Look at you. (laughs) Thank you. (laughs) That's progress, right? I'll take it as progress. Okay. (laughs) How about you, Samantha? Oh, yeah. I definitely did nothing. Like, we had a slight moment of, like, should we do something? And they were like, no. And we, <laughs> I think we pretty much missed the like the New Year's moment where we were supposed to do the champagne toast or whatever because we were <laughs> streaming. And the uh, streaming not, didn't realize we're, like, two or three minutes behind. Like, uh, like, it was supposed to be live, but it definitely wasn't live. And we're like, oh, whoops. Happy New Year. Mm. <laughs> that may be that may be like the New Year. That's I don't know if that's a bad omen or what. Where we're just two or three minutes behind from ever for the rest of yeah. the year. So if that happens, sorry in advance. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's what I should blame it on. <laughs> there you go. I love yeah. it. <laughs> it was funny because the vibe I got this year from a lot of people was. I went to bed at 10 p.m. Oh, yeah, <laughs> I was, yeah. yeah. I was like, great. <laughs> <laughs> I was watching a movie. When, yeah. Me too. (laughs) The year shifted. There you go. And then we can continued on, continued (laughs) on. Uh, But I am very excited about the person you bought today. Who I I know we've talked about this before, but I love. I'm a very. I love science and I love space and all Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff. So I'm like very, very thrilled. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) To have this conversation. Uh, Who did you bring for us today, Eves? So today we are talking about Mary Golda Ross. So I'm sure you being the lover of things, all things science and space, that you'll probably understand a lot more (laughs) relative to the aeronautics (laughs) and engineering that she did because I have to admit up front that Mary Golda Ross was an engineer and I do not understand the subject matter that is um, the subject of her expertise. So (laughs) um, it is far and beyond my knowledge base, but I do understand the significance of her accomplishments being that she was the first known Native American woman engineer in the United States, and she was the first female engineer in the history of Lockheed. Yeah. Yeah, well, I mean, I think, disclaimer aside, you always do so well, Eve, so I have complete faith in you. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but that's what I love this kind of stuff because I, th- I just think it's fascinating, and even if, you know, we're not engineers, it's <laughs> it's still exciting and cool to talk about and think about. Yeah, yeah for sure. Fun to celebrate, for sure. Yes, absolutely. Uh, so, shall we get into the her history? Yeah, let's. So, Mary Golda Ross was born on August 9th in 1908, and just for a little bit of background on the time, the year before she was born, Oklahoma had become a state, Up until that point, Oklahoma was a territory of the United States. And she has some, um, in terms of her Native American lineage, um, people who were pretty notable in some of the um, situations that were happening in the United States before her time when it came to the struggles that Native Americans were going through when it came to education, um, dispossession, Um, and all of those things related to how they were being pushed out of the Eastern, what we now call the United States, and to the West, being that her great-great-grandfather was Chief John Ross, who was at one time Principal Chief of the Cherokee Nation, 
That was from around 1828 to 1866 when he held that position. And her mother was Mary Henrietta Moore Ross, and her father was William Wallace Ross Jr. And so both of them were listed on the Dawes Roll as, quote, Cherokee by blood. Um, so, so Mary was one of five children. She did have siblings and uh, members of the Cherokee Nation, including some of Mary's ancestors were forcibly removed from what is now the Eastern U.S. to what is now Oklahoma. So that is, was part of her lineage specifically. Um, but that's the history of all of the peoples who were dispossessed, who fought against it, and who were forced out under the Indian Removal Act and sent away from their homelands to lands west of the Mississippi River on the Trail of Tears. So Mary herself grew up in Park Hill in Oklahoma, and she took a liking very early on to math and science in a profile that someone named Laurel M. Shepard wrote. She was quoted as saying, math was more fun than anything else. It was always a game to me, which just pausing for my aside, I really loved math, but I feel like saying it was a game to her is a flex because it always <laughs> it almost makes it feel like Nobody needed to teach her the math. Like she just knew it <laughs> mm -hmm. somehow inherently mm -hmm. um, that it was a game because no, ma I feel like no matter how much you enjoy math, it's still a difficult learned um, skill that requires a lot of application and time and dedication to understand, especially since there are so many different branches of math. Mm -hmm. So I just really appreciate it <laughs> saying that. Yeah, I agree with that. Uh, to me, like, when we talk about math and people who love math and truly understand math, they talk about it like it's a different language that I do not yeah. know. And I just sit there and stare at them. I'm like, I know multiplication. I used to do that really well in like second grade. That was my thing. That's where I capped. Like, that's the end of <laughs> yeah. that. And understanding, like looking at numbers, being like, this is such a, this formula means this and this can begin this. Mm -hmm. And that translates into like, yeah, making machines and making chemicals and making like medicines. And I'm like, I don't, I don't. I don't know what's happening, but yeah, it's definitely a flex. Yeah. <laughs> it's a flex. I was, I have been humbled many a time when it comes <laughs> right. to math and I'm definitely not as involved in it now as I used to be, but there was a very brief period in high school when I was on the math team Oh, and I realized very quickly that I loved it and I understood it and could do it, but I could not do anything nearly as quickly as everyone else could. Everyone was so fast and doing things fast is not my MO. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I really, uh, um, I'm appreciative of her saying that it felt like a game because I don't know if she was fast or not, but I would imagine right. she probably was, you know, this is, she was a mathematician <laughs> and mm -hmm. did that work in her day to day. So yeah, but she um, she graduated from high school at age 16, so she was fast in doing that. And in 1924, she went on to Northeastern State Teachers College in Oklahoma. And according to an article in the Tahlequah Daily Press, she wasn't familiar with the term, quote-unquote, major when she was enrolled. So when they asked her what her favorite subject was, she said math, and that's the story of how she became a math major. She said, quote, I was the only female in my class. I sat on one side of the room and the guys on the other side of the room. I guess they didn't want to associate with me, but I could hold my own with them and sometimes did better, end quote. So she graduated from that school in 1928 with a BA in math. 
And for the following nine years, she taught math and science in nearby high school. So she went directly from her own learning and learning to teach into her teaching practice. Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On demand, tempt to hire part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. In 1937, there was a point where she took a civil service exam, and then she went on to work as a statistical clerk for the Bureau of Indian Affairs in Washington, D.C. And if you're not familiar with the Bureau of Indian Affairs, that is just a federal agency that handles tasks related to Native American policy and land and laws and things like that. And Mary was also a girl's advisor at a Native American school in Santa Fe, New Mexico. But she had taken math classes during the summers while she was teaching in Oklahoma. And so she ended up going on to get her master's degree from Colorado State Teachers College in 1938. And while she was going to that college, she also took astronomy classes. So she was already developing all of her interests in astronomy and in aviation while she was taking her math classes and getting her math education. So she found out at one point that Lockheed Aircraft Corporation, which was in Burbank, California, was looking for workers that had a background that was similar to the background that she had. So she knew that she could fit the bill for working there. So she got the job. She moved to California and soon began working as an assistant to a consulting mathematician. So as part of her work in the engineering department, she helped work on problems that were related to things like fighter planes, And she worked on a design issue with the P-38 Lightning Fighter, for instance, was one of the things that she worked on early on in her time there. And her work was so valued that Lockheed asked her to keep working for them once the war was ending. And while she was 
working at Lockheed, she took courses at the University of California, and she got her certification for mechanical engineering in 1949. And in 1952, that was when Lockheed formed a missile systems division, and Mary became one of its first 40 employees. And this is where her first comes in, because at that point, she was the only woman engineer and the only known Native American in Skunk Works, which was the name for this group at Lockheed. And that name, Skunk Works, was just a nod to their less than ideal working conditions, Um that was based on a joke from the comic strip, which was called Lil Abner. There was like, uh, they used the terminology skunk works in that comic strip, and that ended up morphing into the name skunk works because of the smell that was coming from a nearby place. And they were working in like a makeshift, like a, a, a circus tent that they had to buy. They were kind of this fly by the seat of the pants kind of like operation within the company. Anyway, that group was a precursor to Lockheed Missiles and Space Company. So Mary worked during World War II and into the Cold War and the space race, which was clearly a very charged period in American history when it comes to innovation. Um, very different than today's priorities <laughs> um, and funding and was a period that was very focused on the kind of innovation and technology that would be able to put crude and uncrewed craft into space. Um, so she was working during this time, and she worked on defense missile systems, ballistic missile systems, near-Earth satellite systems, and she even worked on underwater-launched ballistic missile systems. So she explored ways of launching Earth orbit flights, and she also focused on interplanetary travel. Um, she worked on a Gina rocket as well, which was an upper stage rocket that was commissioned by the Air Force. So she was doing a lot, um, but a lot of the work that she was doing remains classified. So because of that, it's clear that the work that she did was integral to you know, the progress that was happening at Lockheed and in the space race and when it came to getting people into space, but there's still a lot that we don't know about her legacy. But yeah, um, she was also one of the authors of the NASA Planetary Flight Handbook, Volume 3, which was about travel to Mars and Venus, which is pretty cool. But yeah, um, there is an episode of What's My Line, which is an old game show that you can go watch um, on YouTube that Mary Golda Ross was in, so she was featured on, that was on June 22nd, 1958. And that was a show where celebrities would come on and they would try to guess the contestants' jobs. And in the show, they listed her job as designs rocket missiles and satellites. And so the panelists who were there, who are the celebrities, who are like a panel trying to figure out what the person does, and they're asking these questions to her. And they eventually do get to the point where they figure out the material she worked with. They were like, okay, we thank you. We work with rockets and missiles. They figured that out. And then they had to figure out what she did with them. So it took them a minute to get to that. <laughs> Design was like the last thing they said. They were like, do you, do you guard it? Do you, you know, they had all these other questions before they got to designing. So, but yes, yeah, they eventually got there. When at one point, one of the panelists asked how big the rockets were, the host cut that person off really quickly and was like, 
Um, sorry, she can't talk about that. <laughs> she can't talk about anything she's working on. Um, so yeah, um, it's a good way to see something that's fun and a little lighthearted related to the work that Mary Golda Ross was doing that we still have access to. But yes, so over time, while she was working at Lockheed, she worked her way from being a research specialist to an advanced systems engineer to a senior advanced systems staff engineer at Lockheed. All her work was related to and it made possible and affected satellite missions, space vehicles, and submarines. And she worked on the Poseidon and Trident missiles as well. And another flex that she said at one point was, quote, I may have developed a few equations no one had thought of before, but that was nothing unusual. Everybody did that. <laughs> so in a way, it's like she's almost downplaying the work that she did. <laughs> but it's also like there were many other people who were important to the work that I was doing, like recognizing that she was a part of a team and a part of something that happened over a lot of time. And that built on the work of others, which I think is something that we talk about a lot here in this first um, series, because even though she was a first, it didn't mean that there weren't other people who weren't working beside her and came before her um, that helped make her achievements possible. So she retired from Lockheed in 1973. And of course, things had changed a lot from when she started working there. They were around... 100 women engineers at Lockheed at that time. Um, she retired, but she still was remained important in education and encouraging education in the engineering and math fields to other people. She lectured and she helped develop educational programs for women and for Native Americans. And she became involved in different organizations, like being an early member of the Society of Women Engineers. And she was also involved in the American Indian Science and Engineering Society, as well as the Council of Energy Resource Tribes. So she said that she would consider herself, well, the quote is, I consider myself extremely fortunate to have been on the ground floor of space technology, is what she said. And she did die on April 29th, 2008. Uh, there's a painting of her at the Smithsonian. And on the 2019 Native American $1 coin, she's on there writing on a piece of paper with a slide rolled next to her on the desk that's in front of her. So her history has been recognized by NASA, by many people who work in the science and engineering fields and aeronautics. And yeah, she made a lot possible. And so her legacy has been celebrated in different ways. Snag a job is where America goes to hire with the deepest talent pool in hourly hiring. With access to over 6 million active hourly workers, Snag a Job is the all-in-one solution for hiring high-quality employees who can cover all your needs. On-demand, temp to hire, part-time or full-time. You name the position. Warehouse worker, retail associate, grocery store clerk, fitness trainer, baker, stylist, bellhop, podcast producer. Yeah, Snag a Job's got a worker for that. With our easy-to-use platform, you're able to seamlessly post and fill available positions quickly with a dedicated customer support team to provide all the help you need along the way. Kind of nice knowing you have a talent pool like that in your own backyard, right? 
Snagajob is the partner you need to keep your business running smoothly. So visit snagajob.com or text snag to 242424 to talk to an expert. Snagajob.com, where America goes to hire. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. Yeah, it's really, really amazing. Um, and I love she accomplished so much uh, when they're at a time when there's still so many obstacles and uh, these quotes you share, which you know we love quotes on here, uh, do kind of showcase a, a sort of fun, like she enjoyed her work and was happy to be involved in it. I love that she's on this game show about it. But there's just like a fun aspect of it. And I mean, as we always say in these, it's true that uh, so much of the conversations we're having now are still around and especially around women and STEM. Because uh, I, I connected with a lot of this too because I did I loved math as well. And I, <laughs> I would come up with kind of interesting ways to solve problems that my teachers would kind of shake their head at. <laughs> but <laughs> um, there was this guy, Aaron, and he was supposed to be the best at math. And a teacher once told me, like, no joke in high school, like, you're embarrassing him. Let him let him do better than you. And I was like, huh. oh, okay. <laughs> Interesting. <laughs> I don't even like Aaron. <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why? Um, so I do think it's, like, really important to share these stories and have these these role models and... Uh, I'm I'm happy that you you brought this to us because I did really enjoy it. Yeah, I really enjoyed learning about her history too. Yeah, it's super important. And I think also I just love to see because what happens and I think a lot of these stories that we talk about on Female First is how people who did so much work and spent so many years and decades in the fields that they were doing using the knowledge that they had and passing it on to people, kind of an each one teach one situation in ways where they were personally able to inspire so many others. So it's kind of in a way impossible to trace their legacies because if someone heard someone's story or learned directly from that person who had a super storied history in a certain field, we don't know for everyone what part that history that information and may, whatever interaction they may have had with the future of that field may have inspired them. So I think that's really cool. You know, people like these uh, who have these kinds of histories can form little puzzle pieces and people who work after them in their 
minds and in their overall stories of the work that they choose to do. And I, 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 I appreciate that, you know, is having like the spirit of these people and work that other people are doing in little ways that can be little or big. Yeah. Yeah. It's fantastic that she was a teacher of the things that she loved. Because when you have a teacher that loves a subject, and obviously she used that to advance her career, but it's contagious. And I really, mm-hmm. um, I, I could only imagine that when she was teaching her students and just like focusing on making sure that everyone in that classroom, not based on gender, would be excited and learn, mm-hmm. in my mind, just because of, again, what she's gone through and how much she loved it and how she didn't allow for any of that to hold her back. So yeah. I bet she was an inspiration for those kids who learned from her. I would love to know, you know, how their experience has been because she shaped a lot of history, mm-hmm. obviously, like shaped a lot in our engineering. Lockheed is still around, does the same thing, and is a big company today. So she was from on the ground, you know, at, from, almost from the beginning and seeing that. Yeah. And in my head also, I can't, like when you were talking about her creating these things, I thought about Rosie the Reveter, you know, mm-hmm. in that picture. And I'm like, oh, she was the epitome <laughs> of mm-hmm. that. She was kind of like the leader because she'd been there. And then she's creating these things, not only as someone who is making it and creating it, but actually like formulating everything from mm-hmm. the ground up. It was, it's just a fascinating uh, thought on who she was and what she did and could represent. Yeah. And I also really appreciate her ability to recognize that she wanted to nurture a passion that she had inside of herself mm-hmm. when she while she was working on other things at school. So it was mm-hmm. like she was focused on math and focused on teaching, but also realized that she was super interested in astronomy and aviation. So she had the wherewithal or the inspiration to be able to pursue that. And I really appreciate that. And her trust and her own ability to learn new things and not have to be good at just one thing that she was kind of marrying all the things that she loved in her life and took that and applied for a job somewhere else. And, you know, while she was, when before she got her certification, Lockheed helped her to be able to do that. So basically sponsored her ability to get her certification. So for her to have the courage and the ability And the passion to be able to pursue that, I think, is really admirable and can be a really good thing for other people to look at if they find that they're in a field and want to do something that they're not sure they can do that may be related or a little bit unrelated in a way. Um, I think that, like, looking at a story like Mary Golda Ross's can help, like, show at the very least that we're capable of like mirroring the things that in our lives that we're interested in that are of vocations as well as our passions and our occupations. Right. You know, another thing I like about this story, she was able to get her flowers while she was still alive. She lived a very long time. It was really impressive how long uh, she was alive, but like she actually got awards and accolades and recognition while she was still here. And I love that because we don't mm-hmm. often get to see that. We get to see, you know, we, there are a lot of the stories end up being like either people try to silence them or try to erase them or try to, you know, push them kind of in the back of everybody's mind so that other people will get credited. But here, like, she did get some of those uh, accolades while she was here and people were able to acknowledge her contribution. I love that for her. I agree. I do too. It was a very inspiring story and I do 
I love this curiosity and passion. I, it's just, it makes me happy to see it. So yeah. uh, thank you as always, Eves, for being with us <laughs> and bringing this story to us. Uh, how can the good listeners find you? Y'all can find me on Instagram at not apologizing, on Twitter at Eves Jeffco, or you can just go to evesjeffcoat.com. That is spelled Y-V-E-S-J-E-F-F-C-O-A-T. So yeah, y'all can, y'all can just <laughs> find me on there and whatever you need to get to to get in touch with me. Yes. You can get to me from there. Yes, yes, yes. And we look forward to another year of these and having you back soon. So, yes, listeners, go check out Eves if you haven't already. Uh, if you would like to contact us, you can. Our email is stephaniedmomstuff at iheartmedia.com. You can find us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast or on Instagram and TikTok at Stuff I Never Told You. Thanks, as always, to our super producer, Christina. Thank you. And thanks to you for listening. Stuff on Never Told You is a production of iHeartRadio. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, you can check out the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, wherever you listen to your favorite shows. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Are you still searching for your perfect place to call home? Well, now is the time to buy at Fisher Homes. If you're looking to move in before the end of 2024, May could be your last opportunity to start building your dream home and close before the year's end. If you're hoping to move in even sooner, Fisher Homes also has homes that are move-in ready and waiting for you, where you can start enjoying the benefits of homeownership even faster. Schedule your personal tour with a new home advisor today at fisherhomes.com and make this spring the season you find your perfect home sweet home.